The following program is produced by Rosado Marketing. The views and opinions of the host and guests are not necessarily those of this station. Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio has helped thousands of listeners make the right decisions when buying homes or refinancing. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Peter Padilla, and I am your host. And I'm pleased to be with you today on a very nice fall day. We are still talking about one of the hottest things going on throughout the state of Nevada, and that's real estate for investors. We're helping people every day make the right decisions by listening to what the experts behind the scenes have to say to help you. Today we have a great roundtable of guests to talk about real estate for investors. First of all, we have Dave Washburn with us. Dave is a hard money lender at Socotra Capital. Welcome to the show, Dave. Good morning, Peter. Great to be here. It's great to have you here, Dave. I saw you last night at the Reno Real Estate Investors Club. Yes, sir. It was a fun meeting. We got to learn all about the buy and hold strategies that the presenter was sharing with us. Mm-hmm. And how he had slowly built his wealth in real estate and uh, made the strategic change to move from California to Nevada yeah. in order to uh, take advantage of the tax rates and better landlord tenant laws. Mm-hmm. And so that was a really interesting presentation to watch how he had built his wealth from 1980 to today. It was an outstanding presentation, a lot of detail and a lot of interesting things that can happen along the way when you become a real estate investor. But he's heading into a fantastic retirement. And later in the show, I want to talk to you more about this presentation because I know he needed to borrow money as he moved from one property and one transaction to the other. And that's your specialty. He did. Leverage was one of his uh, key things that he kept talking to us about, how he had taken advantage of leverage of other people's money to acquire more properties and be able to uh, further his mini little empire there of rental properties. Yeah, I love that. He called it his empire. It's great to have you on the show, Dave. We're looking forward to more chatting with you later. Thank you, Peter. Also with us in the studio today, Leslie Henderson is with us. And Good Leslie, morning, Peter. Leslie is a realtor at Transaction Realty 500. We're glad to have you on the show because you were a guest with us. It's been a couple of years now since you have come to visit. And mm-hmm. a lot has happened in the business. Last time you, I saw you, I think you were wearing a white coat, if I recall correctly. It's been that long. You were <laughs> focusing a lot on short sale transactions. How's I it? was the yeah. short sale doctor. That's correct. Mm-hmm. I also had a stethoscope. Remember that? Oh, yes. I forgot the One stethoscope. Of those yeah. Advertising, Ouch. marketing <laughs> gimmicks. You know, I'm not the real estate agent that does the most advertising anymore, but I'm still here. Yeah. Still doing just as much business as always. I know. It's awesome. Yeah. And, and in the real estate business, you have to be able to be flexible because the market changes and conditions change throughout the the cycle of our industry. Uh, values go up. Values go down. Things have changed since you were here last time. When we come back to you next time later in the show, I want to ask you to give us an idea of what really has changed and how you're taking advantage of today's opportunities. Absolutely. Be happy to discuss that with you. Awesome. We have a king with us in the studio. It's not every day we get royalty coming to visit us, but we have a junk king with us. Brian Cassidy, welcome to the show. Hi, Peter. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Well, you were with us. It's been about a month or so ago, and you were telling us about the great things going on at Junk King. But for the benefit of the new listeners, tell us what you guys are doing. Uh, We're doing a lot of residential, commercial, and um, construction. So we help out uh, anybody that needs anything hauled away as long as it's not toxic Mm -hmm. or hazardous. Yeah. And we talked last time about the importance of 
recycling and donations of many of the items that you pick up. Uh, you get some interesting stuff when you're out there cleaning and helping people clean up their homes and yards. Absolutely. We get some very interesting stuff and some other stuff that you just don't want to handle. Um, so the recycling side of it, we get anything from yesterday, a um, storage unit clean out. So everything uh, that we picked up is going to be recycled. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's everything, uh, you name it, it's all kinds of stuff. Um, or else we'll just bring it back to the shop and break it down and recycle and scrap the metal or whatever we can get rid of and just not mm-hmm. taking it to the landfill. It's a fantastic operation that you've got. I was uh, lucky enough to get a tour of your warehouse, and it's always interesting to go in there. It's kind of like a flea market, but it changes every day because you've got stuff coming in and stuff going out. Uh, it's, an, it's, it's a great way to find some unusual items, and I, I bet a lot of artists would like to see some of the stuff that you get back and forth because everybody nowadays is creating stuff from scrap, from recyclable items. Uh, Burning Man, a lot of that stuff is built from refuse, stuff that people just want to get out you have a great opportunity for people. I want later in the show to have you talk more about the areas that you cover, what kind of items you pick up, and how you're providing more benefits to companies like our construction companies, our real estate offices, and so forth. Great. Also with us today, we have a construction company in the studio. King B Construction is with us. Well, at least the principals are with us today. First of all, let me introduce Melissa again. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Peter. Thank you so much for having us. So talk to me a little bit about King Bee Construction. When I first saw it, I thought maybe it was an apiary of some sort. Or It can sometimes get confusing. Carrying them flint? Yeah, we help folks all the time with um, different home improvements, um, primarily remodeling, renovations, repairs. Mm-hmm. We also help on uh, with some commercial work, too. Um, our focus is more uh, with the homeowners and everything, but we won't turn away a commercial opportunity. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a chance to go up to your website, and I was fascinated to see all of the before and after pictures that you guys have done uh, for uh, kitchens, uh, family rooms, outdoor areas. I mean, you have a a good history. How long have you been doing this kind of work? Um, For King Bee, um, King Bee is actually going to be celebrating our six-year anniversary Mm -hmm. next next month at Thanksgiving. First grade coming up here. Yeah, which Mm -hmm. is really exciting. I've been in the trade since 2006, and my husband, um, our project manager, Angelo, he's been in in it a long time, um, a lot longer than I have, so I've learned a lot from him. Well, that's a great segue because Angelo is here with us, too. Welcome to the show, Angelo. Thank you, Peter. It's nice, it's to, nice to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you here as well. Um, construction in northern Nevada is something everybody is talking about, not only new homes but remodeling homes so they can be sold, flipped, um, you know, reactivated. Some of these homes maybe are zombie homes. In fact, last night at the Reno Real Estate Investors Club, one of the speakers was talking about zombie homes. Have you heard that term before? Believe it or not, I haven't. All right. So Uh, it's Halloween. So, you know, any home that's decorated (laughs) is known as a zombie. No, uh, the zombie home is the home that the bank has essentially recaptured from from the previous owners because they've essentially abandoned the home. And now these homes are, some of them are being ransacked for copper or for uh, paint on the walls, whatever they want to take, right? So they just kind of sit there empty. And our speaker said that he believes that as the demand for homes is coming up because of the new technology growth in northern Nevada, some of these zombie homes may well be reactivated. Dave, you remember when we had that, got that presentation last night? Yeah, and that's something that uh, people have called it shadow inventory before. Now zombie homes is sort of the uh, the term people are using. Yeah. And uh, everybody, I, yeah, everybody <laughs> keeps everybody keeps wondering, uh, you know, when it's going to hit, how they're going to how they're going to bring it back to the market, yeah. and uh, you know, the key thing that everybody 
needs to pay attention to is it takes money to get these homes back to saleable, to right. where they're financeable. And so that's something that uh, banks don't want to put out that money if they're taking a loss. You know, homeowners that need financing can't go in and do it because it takes more cash. And right. So right. That's, uh, it's always the question is where the money is going to come mm -hmm. from to make those homes uh, saleable and inhabitable again. Mm -hmm. So that's an opportunity maybe for the future, Angelo. But right now, what kind of deals are you working on? I mean, when, when you've got jobs going, is, is it new construction or is it people that want to improve what they already have? No, basically King Bee's niche is rehab and remodel. Okay. So, you know, those shadow homes, zombie homes, mm -hmm. those are right up our alley because mm -hmm. we go in um, and we can take a turnkey. Um, we have subcontractors that we use for drywall, electrical. Uh, we may mostly stick to the framing. Um, I've been doing framing since 1994, so I've been doing this for, you know, going on uh, 12 or 22 years now. Mm -hmm. um, and... I was in it when the big boom was hitting. We were building homes all the way up in Saddlehorn, Montreux. Um, you know, so when the boom was going on, it was it was phenomenal. But uh, when the recession hit in 2008, was uh, it? Yeah, it started end of 2007. Yeah, so it, it really began to slow down a little bit and people weren't looking to build new homes anymore. So essentially, the niche was rehab and remodel, and that's where we are. Excellent. Well, I want to talk to you more about some of the jobs that you've done and some of the things you think will be coming up in the coming months as the northern Nevada economy for real estate changes with this new Tesla effect. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you. And I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in. We will be back with more on Nevada Real Estate Radio after this message from our sponsors. Hi, this is Chris Moore, escrow officer at North American Title. Peter Padilla is important to me because he's a great radio host. Thank you, Peter. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. Is it that time of year to make an appointment? Are you in the market for a mammogram? Instead of a mammogram, why not consider making an appointment for a thermogram? Thermograms are the modern, safe alternative to a mammogram. By mapping known thermal changes in the breast tissue that occur when disease is present, a very early detection can be noted and addressed. This breast screening method is totally safe at any age for any type or condition of the breast. And best of all, it is painless, does not involve any breast compression, no physical contact, and no radiation exposure. A certified medical trained specialist can determine the abnormal changes in a woman's breast. Thermography is not a standalone examination. Along with your physician's direction, the proper secondary screening can be determined should the thermal image indicate a problem. For a free consultation on whether or not this is the right choice for you, call Thermal Imaging Consultants today, 356-0200. That's 356-0200. Or check them out on the web at thermogramexam.com. 
This is Melissa Palangi from King Bee Construction. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he's always bringing experts together. Peter Padilla is a marketing expert. And we're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for tuning into our show today. We're having a good time talking about real estate and real estate for investors. You have to have a good team on your side if you're going to be purchasing real estate or even selling real estate in today's highly dynamic market. Things are changing all of the time, so you need the experts available when you need them. We have a roundtable of experts with us in the studio today. Leslie Henderson is with us, and she is a realtor at Transaction Realty 500. Hope you're enjoying being on the show today, Leslie. I'm having a great time, Peter. Fantastic. Brian Cassidy is with us from Junk King. Brian, I'm glad you took some time off the route to come and say hello to us and chat a little bit about your business. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Dave Washburn is with us as well. Dave is a hard money lender at Socotra Capital. You're probably not lending money at this very moment, Dave, but I bet you've got some deals in the pipe. Yeah, I've got one that'll record. That's pretty nice. (laughs) We also have the team from King Bee Construction with us today, Angelo and Melissa Plangy. Melissa, you were telling me that you have been in this business for a good little while now. What is it about being in the construction business that you like? You know, I really like helping people to um, achieve their goals, achieve their goals within um, the budget that they have set. Mm-hmm. Um, we One thing that is special about us is we really work with folks um, that have a vision for their project, and they a lot of times people have no idea uh, what it's going to take to achieve that vision. Mm-hmm. So Angelo and I, we have a great partnership because he is, um, he's the one that goes out and meets with the homeowners, and he takes, he documents everything that they want to do. Mm-hmm. He brings information back to the office, and he'll prepare a detailed estimate of the entire scope of work from the beginning to the end. And it's in, in an it's in an Excel um, spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. So every single line item is totally detailed out. When he gives that to the customer, we know that that is not going to be uh, perhaps the um, estimate that they sign off on. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we go back and forth with the homeowners in order to help them get to the price that they're looking for. And we're willing to uh, work with them and um, in terms of maybe phasing things out uh, to help them get to their goals. So I just really like that. Basically, to they can see where every penny that they spend with us goes. Mm-hmm. Right. All the way from demolition to trash pickup, all the way to setting an appliance. Mm-hmm. And it's nice because they can go from, I like seeing them go, as they as I've said in the past, from drab to fab. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Angela, you were saying that you give a written estimate to start to finish. When you get a kitchen remodel, mm-hmm. uh, you've got things all the way down to putting on knobs and pulls on the cabinets, mm-hmm. detailed tile intricates in the in the backsplash. You can have multiple appliances that are being changed out, tile floors. It all depends on where the kitchen is located. You may have to restretch carpet going into that kitchen. So it can be tedious at times, but got a lot of historical data that I can go back and refer to and like Melissa said, it's in an Excel spreadsheet, so cut and paste is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Well, once you get the system down. Exactly. So, you know, a lot of our listeners, and the reason we do the show is for real estate investors to get ideas. So some of these updates, some of these remodels that you're doing, are they for homes that are being bought or sold as investment homes? Do you hear that? We've had a few. Yeah? Yeah, there have been a few that have come down the pipe where people are just, an investor buys a home, uh, is looking to f- rehab it and rent it, or rehab it and flip it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we can help with pretty much every part of that. As long as it has something to do with framing, um, our license you know, restricts us to, it, we have to do 
some sort of framing woodwork in the house in mm -hmm. order to be able to do the job mm -hmm. however nine out of ten times there's plenty of framing to be done in, in a rehab <laughs> like that oh yeah i can imagine <laughs> so a lot of people try to do things on the cheap nowadays and maybe they hire a, a friend or a handyman to do some of this work i was a former lender mortgage lender and i knew that if a deal was going to go through a mortgage loan to get closed there were a lot of inspections a lot of detail a lot of paperwork and if updates to a home are done, remodels to a home are done, and they're not done by a licensed contractor, it can create a lot of issues at the closing table. Tell us about your licensing. What is your licensing like at King B Construction? Actually, I'm going to turn that one over to Melissa. She's a lot better at the paperwork side of it. All right. Let us know, <laughs> Melissa. What's Thanks. up with that licensing? Is that, How critical is that? It's in, it's very, very critical. Um, sometimes we find that um, folks try to do things, like you said, on the cheap. They hire an unlicensed contractor, and then something goes awry. And that can lead to um, a bunch of different types of problems, mm. especially um, like we just had a situation that we just heard about where um, a folk, uh, these folks um, hired a unlicensed person to put in a water heater I don't know if you heard about that or not but anyways it did not go well there was some damage and a fire right. and now the homeowners are like well we want our money recouped um, you know we want to go after this person mm -hmm. and unfortunately they don't have really a leg to stand on yeah. they can't go to the contractors board and um, there's something called the residential recovery fund that that's something that they're not eligible to um, to apply for because they didn't go through the proper channels also now that it has to be done correctly they're gonna have to get it permitted and they're going to have to pay twice um, the permit fees um, because of the penalty oh of gosh. doing it the wrong way so, so it's get, so important yeah, I mean it's penalized so twice for doing it wrong the first time totally and you know there's health and um, safety risks mm -hmm. for everybody that's involved and mm -hmm. it's yeah, it's not the way to go at all. We have two different types of licenses. We have a C3 um, license, which is a framing license, as Angela, framing and carpentry um, license, as he indicated. We also have an A21, which is a fence license. Mm -hmm. So we can help in both ways. But our C3 is nice. It's, um, it's, it's close to a general contractor's license, which is a B2. Um, but there are definitely some differences. Um, we're restricted um, in terms of um, we, don't, we can't handle any type of foundation work. We choose to not do new construction because of our own preferences with our insurance policy. However, no new foundation work or anything like that. So our company can't help in terms of additions, things of that sort. We could go up, but we can't go out. So in this case, a lot of times people call us and say, you know, hey, we, we have an addition that we'd like done. We find out that maybe we're not the best fit. We just refer them out. We have a good group of people that we refer to. We're real involved with the Builders Association. Junk King actually is a member. Mm -hmm. Transaction Realty yes. is also. A lot of these remodels, again, if they're being done for investment purposes, that means probably if somebody wanted to buy it as a primary residence, they probably couldn't swing it because of getting a bank loan. Mm -hmm. the construction has to be done. Dave Washburn is a hard money lender. Dave, do you work with people that need cash to close these types of deals? Yeah, that's that's one of the loans that we specialize in. We call them fix and flip loans. And so we'll put those together as either six or nine month notes mm -hmm. for folks who bring in their bid from their contractor. They've already got the property under contract and they're just looking to close quickly, uh, fix it up, and then move into selling it. And this is actually our busiest time of the year. Really? The fourth quarter is when we've seen short sales approved, REOs move back on the market, folks who inherit properties and want to get rid of them during this calendar year. Uh, this is when they sell them. It also works great for the investors because they're able to 
fix them up over the winter and then sell into the spring and summer season and get that higher sale price. Mm -hmm. So this is when we see a lot of our money moving out into the market and, and helping investors who are doing fix and flips. Leslie Henderson is with us. Leslie is a realtor, transaction Realty 500. I hear about these uh, shortages of houses. People having a tough time to find houses. I would think that maybe the reason that people are remodeling now is because they either can't find a house or maybe they are thinking about flipping them. Give us your perspective on the shortage of houses now in northern Nevada. I think that sellers got very greedy over the summer. Um, Going into spring this year, March, April, May, we had a lot. We had a considerable amount of inventory and we had some fairly high asking prices. We had a lot of properties not appraised for value. We had a lot of transactions fall apart where seller listed the house for four hundred. The agent thought it was probably worth three fifty. Buyer offered three fifty. Seller said, "I won't take that." Buyer said, "I won't pay more." Everybody went away, and three months later, the house was withdrawn from the market. Mm. And that is exactly what we're seeing: is that sellers were hopeful that the market was going to have a twenty percent spike because of the Tesla effect, right. emphasis on effect, yeah. because it's not exactly real yet. Mm-hmm. And um, so we got into a lot of stalemates over the summer. And those sellers that got discouraged with getting a higher price that maybe a newer and experienced agent promised they could command, mm-hmm. um, they said, I'll try again next year. So we have a lot of interested sellers out there that aren't on the market right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big reason for the shortage in inventory. But I think that the buyers that want to buy are finding properties. Really? Um, I think that the analysts predicted a huge influx of population. Some of the numbers I've read are as, as high as 130,000 additional people living in Reno in mm-hmm. the next 12 to 18 months. And mm-hmm. we haven't seen that happen. So I don't think the buyer demand is quite what was predicted. And or that as, would be... Or as fast, right? Didn't, didn't, or as fast, yeah. correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think the demand for homes is there either, but we don't seem to have a horrible disparity when there's a buyer that wants to find a home of actually finding a home uh-huh. for a suitable price. Yeah. We see more sellers not getting what they wanted and crying and having little baby fits and pulling their house off the market. Yeah. yeah. That's what I've seen. Right. Um, now, to, to go back to Dave's comment with um, REOs and short sales, um, he's absolutely correct. I've been working on a short sale since February that – Um, The bank told us no five times until October hit, and it's time to winterize the property so we don't get frozen pipes, and suddenly the negotiator has a whole new attitude and wants to know when we can close. Mm -hmm. So those banks don't want to hold the properties through the winter, Um, but through the spring and the summer on short sales and REOs, we've received comments from the bank such as, um, well, we don't really need to do a short sale for this borrower. Um, if they don't want to bring the difference to the table, we'll just hold on until the ha- the property appraises for more. Mm-hmm. So the banks have kind of been playing a waiting game with values. And um, unfortunately, that means that the previous owner is still living in the house, not making any payments. There's quite a bit of that. Or well, they had already vacated the house and it's empty and it's a zombie house yeah zombie sure <laughs> yeah yeah shadow inventory um, call it what you will you're right call it what you will mm-hmm. but um the banks haven't been very interested in releasing the shadow inventory or the zombie inventory for about 18 months now because they feel that our property values will increase eventually mm-hmm. and i mean they're holding so many homes in their inventory a, a two hundred thousand dollar home in reno is two cents to them they could care less they're holding massive inventory across the country mm-hmm. um, and a lot of those are in bundles or you know grouped with properties elsewhere 
So I think the banks have chosen for some time to hold on. Um, the other thing they have done, I've had a number of calls from from um, hedge funds, and hedge funds will buy the paper notes. Mm-hmm. Um, one specific call I got, it was from a hedge fund that's based in Tennessee. And the the negotiator that I, I deal with quite frequently, he said, all right, we really wanted this building in Cincinnati. And we got it, but we had to take this crap house in Phoenix and one in Reno. Here's the address. We drive by, tell me what I bought and what I should do with it. Hmm. So I go check the property out, and it's a pile. It's it, it really needed King Bee's help a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Junk King. <laughs> junk King as yeah. well. <laughs> you guys might have just hauled it away. Right. It was bad. <laughs> so, you know, I called a hedge fund manager back and said, you got a real dud here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, well, should I fix it up and put tenants in it or should I just dump it? And I said, you know, I would get rid of it. Uh, he was like, all right, what what can I get? Mm-hmm. We, we were into the note for 180, which means they're probably into it for closer to 60, and it was a bur- worth maybe 80. So mm-hmm. we ended up selling that property for 83,000, and they were happy. They recouped what they had invested mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the, the great flip opportunities that people picked up. But I think that those have kind of come and gone for the short term. I don't see a lot of great flip opportunities right now, but we do see a lot of homes that probably will hit the market between October and December that might be good deals for first-time homebuyers or people that do want to remodel them and live in them. Right. Well, all the more reason why if somebody is thinking about moving to a bigger home and they they see the challenges and they understand the complexities of making that deal work, maybe a remodel might be in order, at least for a while, to take a look. So we have our remodel experts here from King Bee Construction. Melissa and Angelo are with us. Angelo, why don't you give us the best contact information in case anybody wants some information on what you do? Well, the best way to get a hold of us initially is to call the office. And that number is 775-284-0710. More than likely, talk to Melissa right out the gate. She'll get some information from you. Mm-hmm. And we will be able to set up an appointment for me to come take a look at what you guys need. And once I take a look at the property, I can make a detailed estimate for them. And once we get that initial estimate, we can fine tune it here and there. And then if money's all good, we'll uh, sign a contract and get going on it. All right. And Melissa, you say, I'll be talking to you if I call for an appointment, right? Yes, you will talk to me. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you being here today. Thank you for having uh, us. We have a little bit more conversation going on the show. Hope you can stick around with us after this message. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. Is it that time of year to make an appointment? 
Are you in the market for a mammogram? Instead of a mammogram, why not consider making an appointment for a thermogram? Thermograms are the modern, safe alternative to a mammogram. By mapping known thermal changes in the breast tissue that occur when disease is present, a very early detection can be noted and addressed. This breast screening method is totally safe at any age for any type or condition of the breast. And best of all, it is painless, does not involve any breast compression, no physical contact, and no radiation exposure. A certified medical trainer specialist can determine the abnormal changes in a woman's breast. Thermography is not a standalone examination. Along with your physician's direction, the proper secondary screening can be determined should the thermal image indicate a problem. For a free consultation on whether or not this is the right choice for you, call Thermal Imaging Consultants today, 356-0200. That's 356-0200. Or check them out on the web at thermogramexam.com. I'm Brian Cassidy, owner of Junk King Reno. We know you like a clean house and a clean yard, but sometimes things are too big, too heavy, or too much. That's when you should call us Junk King Reno. We're the professionals in the junk and rubbish removal business. Our team comes to your home to pick up what you need to dispose of. You don't need to gather it and haul it to the curb. We recycle and donate everything possible before we visit a landfill. We're fully insured and bonded. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. Junk King Reno, locally owned and operated. This is Shanna Roski from North American Title. You're listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he cares about our community and helping businesses in our area. Peter Padilla is a fantastic person. Thank you, Peter. Welcome back to Nevada Real Estate Radio. What a great day to tune into our show today. I'm having a good time talking with industry experts at our round table. We help people make great decisions when they're thinking about buying real estate for investment purposes. Now, sometimes some of our listeners, they're ready to buy a primary residence. But if you think about it, that primary residence could turn into investment property in the future. I went to the Reno Real Estate Investors Club meeting last night. And also with me there was Dave Washburn. Dave is with us in the studio today, and we were listening to a gent talk about how he built his real estate portfolio at the age of 29 years old. It was in 1980 when he bought his first home, and he had a plan. He was going to buy a primary residence, live in it for five years, then rent it out, get a refinance on that property, take the cash that he can get, and buy an investment property. Well, he did that. In fact, he kept repeating that, and now – in 2015, he's got nine properties. He just sold one, and he is into retirement in just a couple of years. And he's got, Dave, what was it, about $800,000 in equity in those homes? That's what it sounded like to me, and I just kept getting flashbacks of uh, playing Monopoly with the family. You know, it kept yeah. like uh, you go round and round, and you make one yeah. good decision or one purchase every trip around the board, and uh, by the end, you've got yourself quite the portfolio. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he's one of those guys, you can imagine him when he was 29. He probably had a pocket protector in his shirt. You know, he's one of those kind of individuals, very methodical, a, a thinker, engineer type. But boy, he had a great financial plan. That's why I encourage anybody who's interested in building their investment portfolio to join us when they can at the Reno Real Estate Investors Club. It takes place on the first Tuesday of the month, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. Come on out next month. And maybe we'll see you in person, too. Hey, we're talking about all sorts of things on our radio show today. Leslie Henderson is with us. She's a realtor at Transaction Realty 500. We have the principals, too, from King Bee Construction. Melissa and Angelo Palangi are with us. Dave Washburn, of course, hard money lender at Socotra Capital. And Brian Cassidy, he is the principal at Junk 
King Reno. Brian, I'm glad you're here to be with us on the show today because I'm enjoying hearing the conversations between the segments. While we're in commercial, people are asking you all sorts of fun stuff about the Junk King business. In fact, Leslie, it was you. Why don't you ask that question for our guest from Junking today so that our <laughs> listeners can have fun. All right. At the last break, I asked Junk King what the most unusual item they ever had to remove from a home was. Mm-hmm. And he said, Bum. Been interesting. Like I said, <laughs> this one was a uh, gentleman who passed away and the girlfriend came home and discovered him and called us and we needed to clear away the bed that he was sleeping on, which yeah. was infested. Uh, he was, he'd been there for a month. Oh, my gosh. And uh, the dog as well. So I can only imagine. It was a nice part of town. We went in and went out real quick. So You never know what people are doing or not doing behind closed doors. Absolutely. And, we see it. And I bet you see some interesting stuff. Now, there's a TV show. I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. People talk about this program called Hoarders. Have you ever heard about this show? <laughs> uh, yes, and some of our locations have been on that show. Really? Yes. Really? So your locations are like celebrities, celebrity locations? Yep, on our <laughs> website too. Yeah. What are they saving and why? Do you have any idea? You know, mostly we don't like them to be home because then they'll nitpick on the stuff you take away. So if we do it, we ask them, they got to leave, and then we'll take it away. One gentleman was newspapers. Another one was just filthy couches. It's just everything and anything. they just valuables, they think, that are valuable, and they want to hold on to them and actually look through them, and, and, and sometimes not. They're not. But, I mean, um, you've got to be part psychologist when you see that stuff because you, you're just looking. You're, I'm sure you're wondering, why would anybody save a mountain of newspapers? Well, the cool thing is, aside from the newspapers, because we had to just trash those, but other things we can take back to the warehouse, and it's comforting for them to hear that we'll take them back and mm-hmm. find a new home for them. We're going to mm-hmm. donate them. We'll we'll get rid of them. My mm-hmm. wife has got a whole a whole Rolodex of people that she can get stuff to, so that helps them out a lot, and it helps them part with it. We did a, a garage clean out, and the lady had a bunch of old like old electronics, old modems and stuff, and mm-hmm. we were able to find a place that could just recycle them. So mm-hmm. that helps them get rid of it. helps people, too, know that we're not taking it to the landfill. Yeah, so talk about the recycling part of the business. Most people, when they put stuff out in the trash, they're presuming it's heading out to the landfill. That's where it's going. Why do you take that extra step? Because it pains me when I go to the dump and I see stuff getting covered up that I know is going to be around for hundreds of years, literally. So... We try and break it down, and uh, the dumps do a good job of it. They, they separate it their own. But for us, what we do is we can dump it in our warehouse, and we can uh, take it apart, take the metal, take the wiring, put it aside, store it, and then when we need to do a large, like we call a dump run to the scrap yards, we can get rid of it. But, mm-hmm. again, it just helps us feel better about what we're dumping into the, the landfills. Yeah, and I would think that your customers feel better about it, too, because – they know that there are people that still casually throw stuff off the side of the road or up mountain roads. and It's, every, it's funny when you see these signs that say, no dumping. Yep. You, know, you wonder, do people actually still do that? Do they still care so little that they would just dump stuff or just leave it sit for years? I think what's different up here is that we have a lot of open land, so a lot of people have off-road vehicles, and they take their stuff up there to shoot, and uh, they leave it there, and they never come back for it. So. Mm. Yes, and a lot of people do do that. Like, I got a TV that's go up and shoot it, um, and then they just <laughs> shoot it up. And Well, and they leave it there, and you'd be amazed what you can find. Yeah. So, yes, a lot of people do uh, illegal dumping. Uh-huh. Um, and then what a lot will do is some people, I say, donate stuff to us. At the end of the night when they're closed, they just go and dump off all their stuff to them. Uh, and, you know, they have no say because when they get there in the morning, there's a pile. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. yes, a lot of people still do do it. The challenge that some people have, older people, people with a bad back, 
they can't lift heavy stuff that maybe they need to get rid of. In fact, a lot of the stuff might be lying around just for that very reason is they just can't manage it. And let's face it, Brian, some people are cheap. They just don't want to spend a buck to give themselves extra mm-hmm. space. So they live with that extra abandoned refrigerator or abandoned hot tub or whatever. And before long, you've got a junkyard. How is it that you help resolve those issues when they can't haul the stuff out of their house and put it on the curb for the the weekly pickups. Yeah, obviously our service comes with a fee, but part of that fee is labor, dump fees, and our guys do everything. They just got to point to it. So those heavy objects, my guys can go in there, lift it. We have a large dump truck that tilts. We got a winch. We got everything you can think of. And it's just more educating them that, you know, I know you may think you can do it, but think about the time investment and the money. You got to rent the U-Haul. You got to go to the dump, which is not fun. You got to do all these things where we can get it done in an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you said, heavy objects were bidding on a large, I think it weighs a ton, safe. So we got to go and grab that out. Mm -hmm. Jacuzzis we do that are very heavy and awkward. Pretty much we say if we can get it on the truck, we'll do it. Our construction company that's in the studio today, King B Construction, was talking in the earlier segment about the importance of being licensed and having a level of protection when you're getting construction work done. You're kind of like at the other end of the spectrum, more destruction, right? You're hauling junk out and opening space. Is the licensing important when you're doing that part of the business also? Absolutely. It's uh, one of the requirements because we got to be covered with liability to go in people's homes. And it helps them know that there's a lot of guys out there that will remove things, but they're not licensed. And should something happen in those homes, then uh, they can technically sue the uh, the homeowners. Mm-hmm. So we're mm-hmm. uh, fully licensed, bonded, and even actually have our OSHA license certificate. So, yeah, we can do it all. And it's, it's very important. So not only covers my guys, mm-hmm. but it also feels the uh, homeowner feels more secure knowing that we can go in their house and we're fully insured. Yeah, and I know you do a lot of cleanup for private residences, but let me ask our construction company representatives in the studio today, what about after a construction job? Angela Palangi is with us. Angela, how do you guys get rid of your stuff? Uh, or, is there, or is there that much refuse after you do a cleanup? Oh, yeah. No, we, uh, Brian's been wonderful. We just had a project where we're reciting a house and it's in an HOA and the trash we generated was <laughs> even a surprise to Brian at how much we actually generated in, in one trip. It was awesome though. We had Brian come every Wednesday and Friday. That way the trash pile wasn't so large for Brian, but also when he came on Friday afternoons, the, the place was spotless for the weekend. Nice. The HOA was very happy about that. Again, makes the client feel comfortable, you know, that, hey, my place is clean, the jobs are getting done, and you'd be amazed. Trash is one of the hardest things to estimate how much you're actually going to generate. We've had two jobs where it was almost the exact same job in two different apartments, but it seemed like (laughs) apartment A had twice as much trash as apartment B. So it's really interesting the the way that trash works. Brian does great, and again, the service that he provides is wonderful because you can never tell how much there's going to be. Well, too, as a licensed contractor, you have to protect your license Mm -hmm. as well. So when you connected with Brian, I didn't even know you guys worked together before the show, so that's good to know. But when you connected with Brian and Brian's company, Junk King Reno, did you ask about that licensing? Is that something you normally do? Is that a standard question? 
That's Melissa's part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah any vendor that we work with, um, yeah. we require that they carry general liability and yeah. work comp insurance. Uh-huh. And we have to have all of that um, on record and before we start cutting checks. We just want to know that they're, they, and it's not only um, a preference of ours and our mm-hmm. customers, but it also is a preference and requirement of mm-hmm. our insurance company. Yeah. So there's a lot of importance on that. So if a homeowner wants to do it themselves as far as junk removal and they decide to just hire a neighbor or a friend, they should think twice about that because if the pros in construction require a licensed company like Junking, so should the average person. That mm-hmm. way they get that same level of protection. Brian, I'm glad you were here with us today. Thank you. Let our listeners know, in fact, what's the best way to reach you in case they want somebody to show up at their home from your company, Junking Reno, and help them remove some of that rubbish. Best way to get a hold of us is our call center at 888-888-JUNK or 5865, and that goes straight to our call center. They got our schedule, and we'll either come out and do an estimate or do the job right away. Fantastic. And uh, you guys are doing a lot of marketing, hearing about you all over the web. I encourage people to check you out on the website, and they're going to find opportunities to get great savings and great service from Junk King Reno. Thanks for being with us here today. We'll be back with more conversation on Nevada Real Estate Radio with our other in-studio guests after this commercial. This is Alan Zane from Atlas Red Realty. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he actually takes the time to do an interview. Peter Padilla is a longtime friend, mentor, and I love him. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. Is it that time of year to make an appointment? Are you in the market for a mammogram? Instead of a mammogram, why not consider making an appointment for a thermogram? Thermograms are the modern, safe alternative to a mammogram. By mapping known thermal changes in the breast tissue that occur when disease is present, a very early detection can be noted and addressed. This breast screening method is totally safe at any age for any type or condition of the breast. And best of all, it is painless, does not involve any breast compression, no physical contact, and no radiation exposure. A certified medical trained specialist can determine the abnormal changes in a woman's breast. Thermography is not a standalone examination. Along with your physician's direction, the proper secondary screening can be determined should the thermal image indicate a problem. For a free consultation on whether or not this is the right choice for you, call Thermal Imaging Consultants today, 356-0200. That's 356-0200. Or check them out on the web at thermogramexam.com. I'm Brian Cassidy, owner of Junk King Reno. We're the professionals in the junk and rubbish removal business, locally owned and operated. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. This is Dave Hansen, president of the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he's on the radio and has a focus on real estate. Thank you, Peter. You're tuned in to KFOY 1060 AM. My name is Peter Padilla, and I'm your host on Nevada Real Estate Radio. We have a lot of great guests that come into our studio every week, and we have great sponsors on our show, too. 
One of the sponsors that couldn't make it today but wanted to make sure I said hello for him is Lou Carr. Lou's the branch manager of Summit Funding. What a great company that is. They're helping homeowners and investors find the right mortgage opportunities so they can take advantage of today's low interest rates. Yes, it's kind of tough to find the right property, but that's all part of the fun, hunting for that right property. But when you need to pull the trigger, you want to make sure that you're pre-approved for a mortgage. I encourage you to call Lou Carr at Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada to get started on your home buying process. And all of Lou's contact information is up on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. You'll also find photos and contact information for our other sponsors. Sponsors like Dave Washburn from Socotra Capital. And Dave is with us in the studio today. Dave, you're in the business of hard money lending. Give us a recap. What's the difference between hard money lending and getting a mortgage from a mortgage banker like Luke Carr at Summit Funding? The primary difference is we do not do purchase money loans for owner-occupied residences. All right. All other properties for investment purpose, commercial buildings, raw land, fix and flips of homes, uh, rental properties, things of that nature all fall within our uh, licensing. And so that's what we focus on. And we like to provide those investors with uh, financing when they need it mm-hmm. in order to uh, purchase or refinance those properties. And I know the big advantage that you have is speed because sometimes, especially in today's real estate economy, a guy wants to get the best price, but he wants cash. And a cash buyer seems to have a huge advantage, but most people don't have two hundred dollars or $300,000 lying around on the coffee table. They maybe have great credit and they can get the money, but it's going to take maybe 30 or 45 days for a loan to close. So if they want to get the property right away, they need access to fast cash. How quickly in the right circumstances can somebody get a deal closed with you? With us, it's about five business days. So it can be planned on the front end, like you're saying, where it's part of the offer and my prequal letter has a closing date. Mm -hmm. It can also be to rescue an existing contract that's now falling apart. And that's what I'll be working on later today when we leave the studio. I got a call yesterday afternoon, and this person needs to close in about four business days. They had a 30-day purchase contract, and they found out in the uh, 11th hour that docs were not going to title, and they were not going to be getting the loan they thought. And so now I'll have to come in and rescue that scenario for them, help them close quickly, and... uh, you know, get them in that property. Again, it's an investment property, right? Because it's, it cannot be for primary residence. Correct. This is an out-of-state California buyer who's looking for a cash-flowing investment property here in Nevada, and they need to execute. They have a great price hammered out. They thought they had more conventional financing in place. That's fallen apart, and so we'll come in. We'll get them a short-term loan so they can purchase the property, stabilize it, get it on one of their tax returns, and then they'll be able to refinance with somebody mm-hmm. like Lou Carr over at Summit Funding. That's awesome. Leslie Henderson is with us in the studio. She's a realtor, a transaction Realty 500. Leslie, have you had a situation in the past that needs to be rescued quickly and hard money lender is the only answer? Absolutely. I think I have two going right now. Really? Yes. What, what, is, the mo- what is the reason that people need cash so... F- why do they have to close so fast? Um, you know, in... in the, the most common scenario is that they really want to get the property. And if a property is priced very attractively, it's going to have multiple offers on it. And so from the seller's perspective, if there are three offers on the table, cash, a conventional loan that will close in 30 to 45 days, and an FHA loan mm. that may close in 30 to 45 days and may have a lot of uh, inspection issues or required repairs from the appraiser, that cash offer is always the most attractive. Mm -hmm. So in a lot of cases, someone that maybe can get that conventional loan chooses to take the 
um, investment approach up front and be a cash buyer to put themselves in a better purchasing position. Yeah. Uh, that's one scenario. Another scenario is what Zach just explained, where their conventional financing didn't come through last minute, not for any fault of their own, but a lot of the pre-approval letters that we see on the real estate end of transactions aren't worth the paper they're written on. And as much as you try to explain to your buyer that the lender is subject to their underwriting and they're mm-hmm. only as good as their underwriting and their processing, uh, the lay people don't understand what we're talking about a lot of times or they love this lender because they've been friends since third grade, but mm-hmm. they may not be the best option out there. So um, sometimes we just have to let people learn that the hard way have a backup plan available and ready for them and guys like Dave are awesome because we couldn't pull it off without them. It is such a dynamic ever-changing real estate market. It might be a good idea to get pre-approved for a institutional mortgage as well as pre-approved for a hard money loan. Do you do pre-approvals like that Dave? Do people talk to you about those things? Yeah they come to me all the time for pre-approvals because most of their education and knowledge on financing is that we cannot do these buildings that maybe the kitchens were torn out or uh, you know you have pipes that have frozen and burst in a REO property mm-hmm. or uh, how can somebody fund these uh, these mobile home parks things like that and so sort of the conventional wisdom is that they're not financeable when in fact there's a multitude of hard money lenders out there who see the value in these projects and are happy to put their money to work on them. I used to be a mortgage lender in my previous life and in that business it was all about the borrower we wanted to make sure the borrower was employed, that they had money in the bank, that they had reserves, that they had a cosigner, or that, you know we checked their whole credit in the background. It's all about the borrower. And then we looked at the property if they qualified for a mortgage. It's a little different on the hard money side, isn't it? Yeah, what we focus on is the property. So we're equity-based lenders. We're going to want to see that what we're lending is a percentage of the value of the property. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're going to underwrite the file primarily. And then the look at the borrower and their capacity to pay is sort of the secondary, um, sort of the secondary underwriting. So mm-hmm. it's it's opposite of how, uh, you know, the the conventional world is is underwriting these loans. Yeah, hard money lending is relatively new for a lot of people, but it's been around a long time because it's essentially private money lending, right? Is it not? Is it like borrowing money from a, a relative or a friend or a business associate? Yeah, exactly. And so what we've done is we've gone to those folks and instead of them having to go out and figure out how to write promissory notes and contracts and record deeds of trust and make sure insurance is in place on properties, what we've done is pooled their funds. We run an LLC with that pool of money and then we're the direct lender that's making those decisions. So Mm -hmm. I'll drive out, meet you at the property, walk it with you, let you know what we think it's worth, how much we can lend, and then you can make that offer and that decision right there. At our meeting last night at the Reno Real Estate Investors Club, we were talking about rentals, and a uh, young lady that has a few rental properties made a comment, and she said it's not a good idea to rent to family or friends. I would imagine the same is pretty well true as far as loaning money for hard money for real estate purchases. Yeah, it's something uh, I'm sure you'd want to take a close look at and – you know, what we find is that if you make it a true business relationship, then uh, you have uh, the ability to protect that investment. Mm-hmm. You can honor both sides of that contract. You have a fiduciary duty to all the people involved, mm-hmm. and you can do what's in the best interest of the parties uh, to, the, to the loan and, and make sure things go, go correctly that way because the reality is in real estate, things change. Mm-hmm. Uh, the market will change. The price will change. You know, your tenants might damage your rental, et cetera. 
And you really want to make sure you've entered into a business relationship. And that's why we focus on that side of the market and don't do those owner-occupied homes where uh, you know, people are really building their nest and their home. We, we steer clear of that and just focus on people involved in the commercial side of things. Anybody in the investment business needs to know about Dave Washburn and Socotra Capital. Dave, give us your contact information so people can reach you. You can find me at 775-420-4990. Awesome. We've got your information on our website, too. Leslie Henderson from Transaction Realty 500 is with us. Leslie, we were talking earlier in the show about how you were such a busy lady a few years ago with short sales. Foreclosures were just huge in the market. Seems like that's pretty well over. Are there still people going into short sales, or is it pretty well over with the price increases that we've uh, There had? are people attempting to go into short sales, but I think over the years from 2008 to 2011, the banks tracked what went on, and they saw too many people do a short sale and within 12 months time purchase a new home with cash Mm -hmm. and the red flag came up like wait a minute where was the cash before and people were smart they put it in safes they lent it to their child or their grandma and they just didn't have it at the time they were making their short sale happen Mm -hmm. and the banks caught on to what was going on behind the scenes so they're not very cooperative with short sales anymore like they used to be mm-hmm. and the market's not as upside down as it once was right you know in 2009 2010 we were seeing people owed 60 percent more than their home was worth and i mean mm-hmm. you can't argue with the point there that they're why who in their right mind would pay the difference it became a business decision right but um there was some shady things going on behind the scenes where people were transferring all of their assets and cash into someone else's name then approaching a realtor saying oh i've got to do a short sale my life is so sad and as soon as the short sale closed whoopee let's get my money back and buy a house Hmm. so the banks got upset about that the short sales are super difficult now and they're more prone to foreclosing Hmm. but it takes a lot longer for a bank to foreclose the foreclosure timeline in nevada is 18 months and then there's um a condition on the title for another 12 months after that, that the, the anybody that buys it can't get title insurance. So we're looking at two and a half years post foreclosure date that the bank can sell that property. So that is why you see the, the zombie homes or the vacant homes. They, the banks have to wait. That. No, they're still in that waiting period. They're still in the waiting period. And so s- there will be some foreclosures that hit the market when those waiting periods expire, but, but the banks are choosing the option of foreclosure now because they have more rights to come back and, and recoup any losses should that previous homeowner that they foreclosed on show up with assets in the near future. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, that's kind of what we're seeing. So there is a lack of inventory, but there's also a, a smaller a smaller number of buyers out there than there was some time ago. Well, you were known as the short sale doctor because you were doing so many and doing yeah. them successfully. I was closing about 20 a month. I mean, at one point in time, I had 84 active short sale listings. Wow. Yes, I was insanely busy. That's amazing. It was crazy. Well, now that that's changed and we're really not in that kind of market, I'm curious to know, how do you reinvent the way that you work when you are so focused on short sales? What's it like now and how do you do it? Well, you know, ironically, I'm working with the same people. Um, I have done over a thousand short sales Mm -hmm. in this area. Mm -hmm. And I would say about 95% of those people have come back to me two to three years later when they've waited the time period for their credit to be repaired. So um, I I guess the answer is I'm very interactive with my my clients. If, If I've had someone that has gone through a short sale, then I have stayed in touch with them and put them in with a lender every three or four months to check in on how their credit's doing, put them on a credit repair program, and, and kept them very ab- abreast of 
when they can purchase again. Mm -hmm. uh, we've helped them get into rentals. We've helped them get into lease option to purchases. We've helped them with private money loans so that they have somewhere to live for two to three years until they can buy again. Um, so to answer that question, I mean, I, I just had a, a really fun scenario not too long ago where I had helped um, a lady with a short sale, divorce, et cetera, and another unrelated man. So I knew both their families, both their kids, both their exes. Mm -hmm. Well, they got together, got engaged, were getting remarried, and I was had done both their short sales. So they mm -hmm. came to me and they're like, oh, hi, I, you know, I met this guy and he said, you're his realtor too. And I knew their kids from three years ago. and. Um, you know, and then they referred her sister to me. So my business now is almost 100% referral from past clients and their friends and families. Very nice. Very so nice. I'm as busy as I always was, but, uh, you know, it just followed me. That's awesome. So I encourage anybody that wants to get a great perspective on what's happening today to reach out to Leslie Henderson at Transaction Realty 500. What's the best way? The best way to reach me is my cell phone, and that number is 775-815-9511. Very good. We've got all your contact information on our website, too, NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. Sherry Hill could not be on the show today. You know, Sherry Hill is the wealth protection diva at Sage International. She is busy helping people incorporate their businesses. And one of the categories of businesses she works on, on to a great degree is for real estate investors. Imagine this. When you buy a real estate property, if you don't buy it as a corporation or as an entity and you only buy it as your sole business, you are opening yourself up to all sorts of challenges in the legal business. Yes, frivolous lawsuits. Avoid that and take advantage of the tax write-offs and benefits of incorporating by talking with Sherry Hill at Sage International. She's the Wealth Protection Diva and her information is on our website too. Thank you very much for tuning into our show today. Tell your friends. We're on again next week. Same time, same station. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.